Hi, welcome to the Prescription Podcast. This podcast is being developed with the aim to keep the public informed with relevant and updated health information. This podcast is hosted by me, Ian, and I'm Zichin, a gastroenterologist practicing in Kuala Lumpur. And I'm a general surgeon in Kuala Lumpur as well. So, for all of those who don't know, we are actually on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So, if you don't want to miss any of our updates, sorry, it sounds like a bit of a sales pitch, but yeah, click subscribe or follow so that you know that we have our episode every two weeks. Okay, we are on to episode number seven. seven. That's right. And today, we are following up with after gastritis, we go to the neighbor, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease. Good for short. Or some people actually write it as GORD, G-O-R-D, depending whether you're coming from the UK or America. But personally, I prefer GERD, G-E-R-D. <laughs> okay, so... Something that I think a lot of people commonly experience as well. And a lot of people know it as reflux, right? Yeah, commonly people know it as reflux. So what actually is GERD? Where it is, uh, where it is located, and where this disease is affecting us. So it is, in a simple term, I think it's because of the stomach acid that frequently flows back into the tube that's connecting our mouth and the stomach, which is called esophagus. Mm-hmm. The swallowing yeah. pipe, yeah. Yeah. So the food pipe. Yep. And this backwash of acid, which is commonly termed reflux, can irritate the lining of the esophagus. Huh? Yeah, I think normally we do have a little bit of reflux, but it's called GERD when it happens once too often and for a prolonged period of time, correct? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So it gives you very various and variety of symptoms, many many symptoms, yeah. What are the common symptoms that people usually reported? Well, I used to think that it's more of that heartburn where everyone's con- talking about, you know, but it's more of like a burning sensation behind the middle of the chest or we call the sternum, the sternal bone, right? Those are the most common ones, but they can have a whole, as I've checked yesterday, <laughs> they can have a whole load of variety of symptoms, correct? Yeah, commonly heartburn and yep. uh, what we call regurgitations. Yep. So you feel the food actually or, or contents and the stomach actually comes out and you actually feel it in, in the lower end of food pipe. Also, some of the common reported symptoms are like your water brush. Yeah. Some people actually have chest pain, chest yep. discomfort. Yeah. yeah, probably difficulty in swallowing, some belching. Yeah, some yeah. people are not rude. They're actually burping more than usual because they have GERD. Not because, you know, they have, well, they say they have a lot of angin, but they may be actually having reflux, right? Yeah, yeah. so don't yeah. judge. They, they may actually <laughs> been having reflux without them knowing. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But something to note that uh, if you do experience chest pain, Probably you will want to see a cardiologist first, yeah, yeah. to get the heart issue sorted out yep. before uh, we moved on to uh, the gastro problems. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, if you're having an acute pain, it's really, really bad. You can't breathe. You have a little bit of cold sweats even, and sometimes it radiates. It it moves. The pain kind of flows to the left side of the arm. Then I think go to the emergency doctor and get that sorted out. But uh, if if everything's okay with the heart, then yeah, we probably want to think of reflux. But yeah, there are other symptoms as well, right? Not just uh, in relation to the GI tract, but there are other what we call extra-intestinal. I'm going a bit medical jargon here, but it's symptoms that are not so much related to the esophagus or the stomach, correct? Yeah, yeah symptoms that are not related to the digestive system. Yeah, We yep. call it extra-esophageal, extra-intestinal what Dr. Ian mentioned here. So the common ones that's been reported are like cough, 
Mm-hmm. Some patients may present with chronic cough, coughing for a long ter- long duration. Sore throat. A sore throat. Yeah. Change in voice because hoarseness of voice. Asthma attacks. Asthma attacks. Yeah. Sleep so disturb- may not be. disturbances. Yep. Yeah. But of course, all this will come back to the GI, where the gastro, the intestinal problem, after ruling out all the other. Other problems. Main problem, the primary problem of where uh, whichever organ that actually uh, contributes, which commonly contributes to those symptoms. For example, if you have cough, we would look rule out, you know, problems with the lungs, yeah, with the ENT problems, yeah. Uh, if the patient presents with hoarseness of voice, changes in the voice, or asthma, yeah, the primary doctors in relation to whichever organ um, that is contributing to the factor would have to rule out those kind of primary problems first before we say that this is extra esophageal symptoms. Yeah, so I think we've mentioned a lot of symptoms. I think most people will probably self-diagnose. <laughs> be frank, Frankly speaking, I mean, I've got a lot of people asking me, right? I think I have reflux, especially I think for some, it's really, really obvious. They have that sour taste in the back of the throat. Right, especially after a heavy meal, some of them in the middle of the night or early in the morning, correct? So they say they have reflux. Yeah. So today, should they self-treat first? <laughs> Sorry, many I'm ask actually, the many actually do um, right manage the mild reflux because yeah. Yeah, it's very typical yeah if they had the typical heartburn yep. and and as you said you know the sour taste the bitter taste mm. back of the throat yeah many actually improves yeah with just some lifestyle changes yeah or um, some over the counter medicine back to yeah. antacids right antacids yeah. yeah okay some of the aggravating factors um, that the individual will be able to identify um, because simply because after ingesting certain food, uh, they may get an aggravation of the symptoms. Yeah, simply by avoiding those would actually help in relieving the symptoms, or you know, just do not have that symptoms of gut anymore. Yep. So common food that actually been reported, yeah, been uh, by patients are like your spicy food, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, alcohol. Mm. Yeah, to a certain extent, sometimes coffee in an excessive amount do actually triggers or aggravates the symptoms of gut. Yeah. So I think the other thing that we often associate is with after a very heavy meal, very very full meal, eat too much. Someone's too f- uh, the stomach's too full, cannot empty in time, and sometimes it just refluxes yeah. backwards after a large meal, after yeah. a feast. Yeah. yeah, many people do actually experience it. Also, on a note. Uh, on smoking ah, yeah. yes. that too is one of the common triggers yeah so smoking is just bad everything is basically caused by smoking yeah. so PSA stop smoking yes yep. definitely okay yeah. yep so yeah I mean even if you don't see a doctor or if you do see a doctor I think a lot of times we do tell patients to modify a little bit on the diet a little bit on the lifestyle of course weight has to do with that as well, right? Yeah. A patient who is a little bit overweight or obese has even higher chance of having reflux and unfortunately pregnancy also can yeah. bring about reflux. Yeah. In fact overweight is number one cause yeah. of uh, good. Yeah. yeah. Pregnancy of course is short lived. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Of course the treatment is delivery. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. And mother uh, might feel it's a treatment as well after delivery. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right. So another common thing is hiatal hernia. Yeah. So meaning a bulged Ooh. at the top of the stomach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
that yeah. that actually is one of the uh, attributive cost. factor, the cost yeah. for gut. So usually I describe hiatal hernia. I mean, that's the medical term for it. But hiatal hernia is basically uh, a part of the stomach which is supposed to be under the diaphragm, diaphragm, the breathing muscle. Uh, it protrudes upwards into where it's not supposed to be. And because of this basically imbalance of the pressure, it causes more to reflux into the esophagus, right? Yeah. yeah. I think we'll talk a little bit more about that when it comes to treatment, maybe. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, and also, of course, that probably causes lead to loosen the weakens with the muscles here around the junction yeah. of the foot pipe and the stomach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I mean, we, we talked a bit about the symptoms and we talked a little bit about the treatment. So if I think a lot of times patients come to see doctors because the symptoms are a bit more severe, maybe because they've already tried either by lifestyle modification or if they've taken certain medications over the counter, antacids, and it doesn't work. Or somehow it, it affects them, you know, sometimes they have bad breath as well, right, from severe reflux. So they come and see the doctor. So what is it that you normally do when a patient comes to see you? So typically, if there is no alarming symptoms, yeah, as we mentioned earlier, yep. yeah, alarming symptoms, again, yep. you know, are like difficulty swallowing, yep. food getting stuck, um, vomiting, having low blood count, mm -hmm. having lost of weight, yeah, lost of appetite. Yeah. Uh, if you have those alarming symptoms, yeah, you actually warrant an immediate investigation, an early investigation with an endoscopy. Yeah. Right? But say Otherwise, if nothing, it's just plain yeah. old reflux. Otherwise, if you come in with plain, heartburn yeah, and regurgitations. We usually give a trial of uh, medications. Mm. Yeah, the common medications that we give are called protonpam inhibitors. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, we give it up to eight weeks and monitor the symptoms. If by eight weeks the symptom didn't resolve, then you'll warrant an, a scope on an endoscopy investigation and have a look at the stomach and at the junction and at the esophagus yep. and to look for the cost and, uh, and whether you need to prolong treatment or um, uh, what's the next step in the management. Yeah? yeah. So I think a lot of times when we do the scope, it's to look at, I guess, one, the severity of the reflux as well, right? Because yeah. uh, it can cause a change in the lining of the swallowing, I mean, the foot pipe, the esophagus, right? And that's something that we don't want, right? Something called Barrett's uh, esophagus. Am I jumping too early into Barrett's? <laughs> but it, it, can, it can lead to that. Basically, we're looking at that and uh, yeah, a little bit more about that later. Yeah. So we wanted to look at the evidence of reflux, yeah? Whether there is any ulcers or there isn't any ulcers, their treatment be slightly different. Mm. Of course, Barrett's esophagus, as you mentioned earlier, uh, that's one of the complications yeah, of prolonged reflux that we see. Yeah, And another thing is basically we wanted to look at whether there's actually hiatal hernia, you know, the hernia that we mentioned earlier, where sometimes the approach of management may change yep. uh, because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if it's a plain old patient that has some evidence of reflux, but maybe no Barrett's, no hiatal hernia, probably medication and lifestyle modification will suffice to a certain extent, correct? Yes. So you mentioned about lifestyle modification, mm -hmm. right? What are they? We are back to... Oh, I thought we talked about food. Okay, I mean, other than that, <laughs> uh, yeah, if the kind of food intake that we talked about earlier on, I mean, the, the aggravating kind of food, but I, I believe a lot of times uh, what I tell my patients, correct me if I'm wrong, but I tell them basically, one, don't take such a full meal. 
two, after you have had your meal, if you have had reflux, I mean, you do have reflux, try not to lie down. I think that aggravates it more. Although a lot of this reflux, it happens both ways. And um, uh, of course, if they are overweight, then losing weight will definitely help, right? Definitely. Yeah. You know, by losing two points of the BMI mm. actually uh, shows drastic improvement in the yeah, symptoms. Yeah, but it's not so that. easy to lose that two points, right? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> For most people, it's not easy. It I, is I think not even point five. It's <laughs> it is never easy, but at least you know that is uh, one of the very very good way. Yeah. yeah to reduce the symptom yeah. of gut. Helps also, control the blood pressure. If you have got the sugar problems, to help as that as well, and so on and so forth. Yeah, definitely. Lots of benefits. Lots of benefits on uh, losing weight so I think avoiding large meals definitely and uh, the common ones advice the common advice that we should give is uh, to take small frequent meals Mm -hmm. meaning that in between your main meals do take some small bites of food yeah. So so Malaysians get it right, lah, right? We have have breakfast, we have mid morning (laughs) tea, we have lunch, we have (laughs) <laughs> tea time we have dinner yeah, and then we have supper typically our main suppers. meal are full you know are full supper is not five right to, you should actually avoid meals about 2-3 oh, no hours early. before bed yeah, oh. yeah that, that there goes actually. my instant noodles <laughs> Yeah. So of course, over-the-counter medicine like antacid do help in milder cases. Yeah. So uh, medicine, as we mentioned earlier, proton pump inhibitor. There are a variety of them out there actually, mm. but the main ones are proton pump inhibitors or another one which is called H uh, two blockers. Yeah. yeah. This medicine is very important to follow the timing of medicine as in when to take it before yeah. food or after food. It is very important to follow for the medicine to exhibit its maximum effect. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think the most common question, doctor, if I take this medicine on a long-term basis, is it going to affect me anyway? Are my kidneys going to go bust? Uh, the risks are very low. And of course, oh, no. never encourage the patient <laughs> to take long-term yeah. medications. Yeah? yeah. So knowing the reason and the cause and the problem is very important. Yep. Following the right way of how the medicine to be taken is important. And removing the underlying cause of the problem is very important. That will take you away on being required on to a long-term PPI or any treatment, right? Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. 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 I think to simplify just, you know, so that everyone gets a clearer picture of what happens is I guess if, if someone has reflux but don't really have very severe evidence of reflux when they do a scope, they probably can go on a period of uh, PPI for a while and then probably wean off and take it as when necessary. But that changes if the patient starts showing signs of severe reflux, especially if they have Barrett's. Then yeah. the, the treatment modality changes, right? So even if they do not have Barrett's, if they have persistent symptoms, yep. yeah, despite an adequate duration or therapy with uh, the appropriate medicine, mm. they do require some further workup. Yep. For example, measuring the pH in the esophagus yeah, to determine what type of reflux they're having. Yeah. do really seek for help and reach out to the doctors and they can actually identify you and pick you, pick up, you know, these difficult cases, yeah, as in the, not the typical ones that usually just respond with one to two months of medications, yeah. right? Yeah. So if the symptom persists, so the, 
the, the take-home message here is if the symptom persists after two months, seek out to a, another level of uh, advice, request your doctor to refer to a specialist yeah, for the uh, further appropriate investigation and management. Yep. So b- basically, if someone has persistent symptoms, then probably might need a change in management. Or two, if the scope is done and there is some severe form of reflux, especially Barrett's, then the therapy or treatment changes, which leads to the last part, I think, right? Surgery, right? Is there corrective surgery for this? I personally was very cautious every time (laughs) I'm going to refer someone for surgery. Yeah. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, evidence of the pH, yeah, And the presence of hiatal hernia. Yeah. yeah. These are some of the indications here. Yeah, if the patient is not responding to treatment, to your conservative medical therapy, yes. Or if patient doesn't want to be on lifelong medication. Yeah, that that is also one of the reasons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, indication that you can actually refer and op- offer the option of uh, uh, surgery. But again, would like to remind everyone, surgery is not a cure here. Yeah. There's always a risk of recurrence and a patient would require to be put back on the medication uh, after a period of time. Yeah, I mean, nothing is definitely 100%. uh, But of course, all this are are put in... Anyway, the the kind of surgery that we're talking about is uh, basically called fundoplication. Basically, they use part of the stomach and make a basically a new kind of uh, muscle around the esophagus so that the gastric juices doesn't reflux or go back into the esophagus or the swallowing pipe. Yeah. But I think we just leave it as that. Don't want to go too much into that. Yeah, I think we've covered plenty. Yeah. Uh, from symptoms to treatment to basically when to see the doctor and when what those alarming symptoms that we should be cautious about. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, have anything else to add. We have maybe just a few words on complications. Yep. Yeah. The common things that we actually encounter are ulcers. Mm. Uh, if the reflux is so severe. Yeah. And uh Repeated um, irritations and exposure of acid of your esophagus actually can lead to narrowing of the esophagus mm. and formation of uh, what we call a stricture. Yep. Yeah. And of course, we've been mentioning about Barrett's esophagus throughout this whole talk. And why are we so worried about Barrett's esophagus is because it is a precursor for cancer of the esophagus. Yep. Yeah. Therefore, we encourage and we urge you to seek for proper treatment and proper consultation by the proper uh, medical offices. Yeah. Okay, I think that's all we have today on gastroesophageal reflux disease. Hope it's well informative for everyone and clear. I think we <laughs> went into quite detail actually and in depth. Alright, as per usual, uh, thank you for listening and if you have any questions at all please feel free to email us yeah. at prescriptionpod p-r-e-s-c-r-i-p-t-i-o-n-p-o-d at gmail.com okay thank you very much for listening see you next round thank you bye bye